0: to preach. Um, that's the calling over my life. I come to church because I love the presence of God. And it's not limited. It's not for one state. It's not even for a building. It's for the hungry. And those that want to have an encounter with God, He wants to present Himself to His creation. And so I'm so glad today to be in the house of God. And, uh, and I love coming here to Western Australia, seeing the growth. You just need a new building. I'm not giving you any money towards it because I've got no money myself. I'm just stating the obvious right now. You need a bigger building because God is adding to his kingdom. God is growing this church. And uh, thank God. And uh, praise the Lord. I was thinking to myself, either they need a bigger building or they need to send more people out. Or maybe God's going to give them both. Amen. Praise the Lord. We've got the same problem where I'm from. But I want us to, let's go to the word of God this morning. Psalms 122. In verse 1, send you greetings from the Gold Coast. And uh, we were watching church this morning uh, through Facebook, so that was good. And uh, we're back in church again. Psalms 122, verse 1. Uh, those of the season will know this scripture. It says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. If that's you, say amen. Amen. All right. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And we'll go to the New Testament to Matthew chapter 26. We'll try to tie this all together in the next half an hour. Matthew chapter 26 and verses 21 to 22. And it says these words, And as they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceedingly sorrowful, and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? Next week we'll be celebrating Easter. This is about a week before. Verse 25. Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? And he answered and said to him, Thou hast said. All right, Father, we pray have your way here this morning. Continue to pour out your presence amongst us, Lord. We need you, we love you, and we desire more of you. So have your way in Jesus' name. You see, there are many reasons why people come to church. Not all those reasons are spiritual. Let's be honest. Some of you young ones are thinking to yourselves right now, yep, you're right, I was forced to be here. I had no choice. Great parenting. Some people come to church specifically here to the north side for good fellowship and to meet nice people. Others, you got nothing better to do on a Sunday, so let's come to church. Others, you like the music; it sounds nice, and yet you don't understand the lyrics yet. Some here, some people even come to church. You ready for it? Drum roll. To find a spouse. Yeah, we had a guy come to our church. Uh, in his mid-fifties, and he said to me, "Because Pastor, I really want to find a wife around the age of 30. I said, Brother, you will not be finding me in this church. Do not look, because I don't want you looking, because that's not what you come to the house of God for. <laughs> Some people come to the house of God because they are looking for a church. And they've tried a lot of churches, and they haven't been satisfied, not because they want a the church to cater for them, but because they've witnessed so much Fluff in the church world today, so much production that's going on that they recognize they're just missing one thing, the presence of God. (laughs) And that's why we come to church. You see, some reasons for coming to church do have spiritual significance. And this may resonate with you this morning. I come to church because I need a touch from the master. Some people come to church because they are desperate for a miracle. I know I'm talking to somebody right now. You're here today because you want more of Jesus. You don't just want your head filled with knowledge about Jesus. You want to be introduced to Jesus to get into a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Some of us have come here because in your mind you've already decided, you know what, my life is not rosy, it's not going well, and I'm coming hoping, believing for change. Some people come for marriage restoration. Some people come to church because they're praying for their backslidden children. People, let me tell you, if you've come today because there is a pressing need, this is a great place to be in the presence of God. You see, it doesn't really matter how we've come to church this morning. What's really important is how we leave church. Church is not a spectator sport, right? If you're just there to watch and say, that was a nice speech the preacher said. You're going to get nothing out of it. You see, I'm not an orator. I'm not here to give a speech to make you feel better about yourself. I'm trying my best today by the help of Almighty God to introduce or push you deeper into the presence of God. I can't heal your sicknesses. I'm not a doctor. I can't sort out your issues. I don't even know you or some of you I don't even know. All I can say is if we can get the moving of the presence and the Spirit of God in this place and you can respond like we were just doing during worship, then your needs will be met. A process will take place. You will leave this place with undeniable saying, you know what? God was in that service. Praise God. You see, uh, how, how we leave depends on how we interact this morning with the anointing and the Spirit of Almighty God. Let me just make this statement right now. God is in this place. This is not just emotion, although your emotions get affected. right? I know we get emotionally moved and we cry, and we laugh and we clap and we dance. because something is at work in this room this morning that is more than just preachers and song leaders trying to manipulate you into doing something to become a member of Northside Church. What is more important than you becoming a member of a church is you having an encounter with God, And becoming a member in the kingdom of God. That's important and that's for the whosoever will. That's for us here this morning. So if you have got a pressing need, I'm so glad you're in church today. If you are hungry and desperate for more of God or for a real encounter with God, you're here today and I believe God is here to meet your need. I'm just trying to give you a tug this morning into the right direction. In Matthew chapter 26, it's a very interesting uh, read, and, and I'm going to read go through this for a little bit this morning. This is the story about the lady with the alabaster box of ointment. And the Bible says in verse 6 of chapter 26 of Matthew, Now when Jesus was in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, there came unto him a woman, having an alabaster box of very precious ointment, and she poured it on his head, and he sat at meat. And when his disciples saw it, they they had indignation, saying, "To what purpose is this waste? For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor." And Jesus understood it, and he said to them, "Why trouble ye the woman? For she has wrought a good work unto me. For you have the poor always with you, but me, ye have not always." For in that she has poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. They didn't understand what was going to happen in days to come, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. goes on in 13 to say, For verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, even the down to Australia, <laughs> there shall also this, that this woman hath done this, be told for a memorial of her. For those that have been around you've heard the story of the lady that, that opened the box of the alabaster box of ointment and in worship she poured it at the feet of Jesus she she poured it over his head and she anointed him and Jesus saw this as an act of worship You see during this act of worship because a woman had a desire to minister in the presence of Jesus God manifest in flesh there was one that was there by the name of Judas You know the story. He was a disciple who had been walking with Jesus for three years. Judas, in those three years, had seen great miracles. Great miracles. Read your Bible. The dead were raised to life. That's pretty hardcore. (laughs) He had conversations with devils and told them to get out of people's lives. And they had to get out of people's lives. Judas heard the stories. Judas was present in many of those occasions. Jesus was there when Jesus spoke in parables. He heard the heavenly wisdom spoken in earthly terms to be understood. uh, Judas was there when Jesus would give instructions and directions, telling them that you must be born again. Judas was a first-hand witness to the power of Christ. And yet in all of that, Jesus was offended by the worship of a hungry soul. You see, this is the problem with religion. It's so organized, we have to, God has to do things the way we instruct him to do it. That's where Christendom is today. Where our programs are there to navigate the moving of the Holy Ghost. Where our programs uh, are set up so that this is the way, God, we want you to move this morning. I'm so glad that I'm not in a church like that this morning. I'm so glad in wisdom that your past and your leadership get together and we plan because that's wise. I'm so glad for all those meetings that we spend there trying to make sure church runs smoothly. That's wise. I'm glad that there is order in the house of God. Very biblical. But I'm also glad that we recognize the power and the presence of almighty God. Let me tell you, friend. I'm so glad you have a pastor and leaders that know when to say the Spirit is moving. It's time for us to step aside. Jesus, have your way. Take the will. That we recognize that there is not one man or woman in this building this morning that can give you the Holy Ghost, but there are many that can introduce you to the Spirit of God. And we know today that God wants to fill you, pour out His Spirit more than any person in this room. Amen. That's the power of the presence of God. But Judas was offended by her worship. But I'm so glad that this woman wasn't robbed of her worship because of somebody that was offended. Amen? You might be offended. It ain't going to stop us from worshipping. I told our church a couple of weeks ago, there are some things I refuse, I just can't apologise for. And our worship is one of them. I'm sorry, we live in a woke world today where even churches are trying to be relevant to the world and and are apologizing for the move of God and, and the emotion that's happening in the church. So friend, I've come to tell you today, I want God to move and we are worshipers today. Don't be offended by our worship. We invite you to join in. Some of us may be louder than others and that's all right. When you understand what the Lord has done for us, then you may understand the worship and the exuberance and the joy. And the excitement that's in this place today. We're not pumped up with helium gas here today. We understand what the Lord has done for us. Where he's brought us out of. There's a song that we actually sing. When I think of the goodness of Jesus. And all that he's done for me. My soul cries out. Hallelujah. Amen. She was there to worship. And no matter how much time Judas spent in the presence of Jesus. He never understood the value of his presence. You see we go on in that chapter when we read there in uh, verse 21 as they were eating and Jesus is getting them ready. He says, one of you is going to betray me. We know the story leading up to Easter. And they all began to say, Lord, is it I? And verse 25, Judas, who is the one that would betray, he says, Master, is it I? Same b- a bunch of people. These are the 12 disciples. The original bunch there that are worried that it might be them, they say, Lord, is it me? Judas says, Master, is it me? You see, there is a difference. There is a difference. And the way that Judas viewed Jesus compared to the other disciples showed that although he was in the presence of, of God in flesh, He he did not have the same relationship as the others. You see, to the disciples, Jesus was more than just a rabbi, a master, or a teacher. He was king of kings and lord of lords. They didn't just see Jesus as the one that was giving them instructions. They saw Jesus as their savior, the one who came to transform their lives. Jesus was everything to them. And therefore, when they asked the question, Lord... Is it I? Because you're more than just a good teacher to me. You're more than just a wise man with good sayings to change the world. No, no, no. You are the Emmanuel. You are the the, the spoken Messiah of the Old Testament walking with us, leading us. Amen. You see, I believe that Jesus was offended by the worship of this woman with the alabaster box as he saw a great teacher being anointed with worship through expensive ointment uh, that, could, that could have been sold for money. But he never saw Jesus as Lord. And so to betray was easy. Because the relationship was different. You see, how you see Jesus this morning. How you see Almighty God this morning. Will affect the way you worship. And the reasoning for you being in church today. Today. There are some that may come, and if you're a visitor I mean, we've had in the last couple of weeks, uh, some Hindus come into our church. They don't know Jesus the way we know Jesus. One lady was a, a Hindu lady. I've been to her house and full of statues that she put up there. She cleans and looks after. She takes care of her God. <laughs> and when she was there, the preacher says, you don't need a God that you take care of. You need a God that takes care of you, right? There is a difference at the altar, weeping in the presence of Almighty God. You see, she didn't come there knowing Jesus. She heard about this Christian God called Jesus, knew nothing about Him. The way you know Jesus today, or the way you call out to Him or reach out to Him, will affect your worship. You see, there are those that are here today, it's not about how much Bible knowledge you have either. The more you know, the better for you. Study to show yourself approved. We're all for that. We have Bible school and Bible studies. But you've got to understand The presence of God is not measured by your knowledge of God as much as it is measured by your hunger for God. You see, there is a difference there. This is why new converts become the biggest soul winners. (laughs) We baptized a a young man three weeks ago. Today they baptized three of his friends. He barely knows Acts 2.38, but he's told his friends they need Jesus. So today he brought a whole group of them on the Gold Coast. Three were baptized. Why? He doesn't know much. But he knows that he wants more. He wants more, not of religion. He wants more of the presence of God. And you see, this hunger that people have leads them to a place of worship. If you're new in Christ today, let me say this to you. You keep walking. The more you walk, the more you begin to understand. But whilst you don't understand everything, please know this one principle. If you're hungry and if you're thirsty, my God is here to fill you just as you are. Amen? If your view of Jesus is He's a great teacher, then you'll get instructions to live by. But it won't really change you. But if you worship Him as Lord today, knowing that He is the Savior of the world, then to you today there are spiritual blessings coming your way. There is healing when you recognize Jesus the Savior is also the healer of the world. You begin to understand that not only is a healer and a blesser, He is a deliverer. And the power of your past has no authority over your life when you come into the presence of Jesus. Because in His name there is power and there is authority. And whatever you've been exposed to, giving yourself over to, through the power of this Jesus today, the chains are broken. And there is delivering power to set the captives free. Are you hearing me today? I'm excited this morning about the presence of God because it's for everybody And the more hungry and the more needy you are, let me tell you, friend, I I feel the Holy Ghost in this place today. He's come to pour himself, not just on a congregation, but to pour himself upon you. Hallelujah. Salvation is in this place today by virtue of the presence of Almighty God. Oh, I love the presence of God. Friends, I, I, I can't get enough of his presence today. The Bible says in his presence there's fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Not the pleasures of this world that come with hangovers and hiccups and troubles later on. No, no, friend. Pleasures that that come and transform you into a new creature in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, I love the Psalms. I love the Psalmist David. What a character we read in Scripture. Not a perfect man. He had flaws that I can't relate to. He'd done things I've never done. I've never murdered. (laughs) Just Just to let you know, you're safe here. David had a, but in all his flaws, David was a man that longed for the presence of God. Read the Psalms. There's about a hundred written by David. And a lot of those Psalms are written as poetry and song of a man that's just reaching out for more of God. Not content in his faith, not content with what he has. I want more. And in his journey for more, David got more. <laughs> he wrote that beautiful psalm, which I've read many times. Psalms 27 verse 1 to 4, listen to these words. The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? The answer to those questions, no one. When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host shall encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war shall rise against me, in this will I be confident. Are you ready for it? Put on your seatbelt. This is what David's saying. This is where his confidence comes from. One thing have I desired of the Lord and that I'm going to seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. Hallelujah. Now, I know David wasn't trying to get a bed and put it in the temple and to sleep there for the rest of his life. No, no. He wanted the presence of God, no matter where he was, whatever situation it was. He said, "Yea, though, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You're with me. David had a desire. I want the presence of God. He gave money and equipment and stuff for Solomon, his son, to build a, a temple because David wanted to house the presence of God for Israel. You see, David recognized when the Ark of the Covenant, which was a box that Israel had that represented the the presence of God, it was in this place called the Holy of Holies where the high priest would go and and upon it was a mercy seat where blood would be offered for the sacrifices of Israel. That that box called the Ark of the Covenant was no longer in Jerusalem. It was in a man by the name of Obadiah's household. And Obadiah was blessed. And David said, I want to bring back the Ark of the Covenant. Why? Was it a fancy piece of equipment? No. Was it like rays of the lost ark, you know, to be put in a box in some filing cabinet somewhere? No. It represented the presence of God. And David could not be king and be content as a king without the presence of God. No matter how royal he was, no matter how up he was, no matter how respected David was, he recognized that we lack one thing. We've got to bring back the ark of the covenant. We've got to bring back the presence of God to Jerusalem. And David made it his mission. And when the Ark of the Covenant came into Jerusalem, this king lost all class because he got taken away in worship. The Bible tells us he came dancing. He took off his kingly garments and he danced and he rejoiced. Why? Because the Ark or the representation of God's presence was restored to Jerusalem. Today, I'm not waiting for somebody to bring a box into this place called church. Amen. I'm just grateful today that we've got more than just a representation. We've got Almighty God moving in this place. The power of God is here this morning in this church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't need something to represent my hunger for God today. No, friend. I've come as a living sacrifice and so has you. Amen. Amen. David valued the presence of God. David recognized it was the hope of Israel. Not how fancy he could lead, but how he could get back the presence of God that was taken from that uh, representative box, the Ark of the Covenant. You cannot have church, or you cannot have true church, without the presence of God. It's just a gathering. Again, it's just a gathering because no preacher, no worship leader can do what God can do in a moment. Now, let's be honest: all you preach. Let's be honest. We want to preach great messages. We want to. We want to. we want. We want people to get moved by what we have to say. But there really is nothing that we can do outside of the anointing of the Holy Ghost that's going to change anybody. I've come to recognize the pressure is off the shoulders now to perform because I've realized one thing in my life. If I can just get the presence of God and the anointing of God, things will happen in a moment that I can't do in a lifetime. And he's here this morning. Hallelujah. David made, said those beautiful words. I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. For David, he recognized, hey, let's get to the presence of God. Let's go in together. But I've got to tell you, friends. These four walls are not the church that God comes once a week on a two-hour service, Sunday morning and then Sunday night. Now, you see, God's presence is more than just a destination where we gather in. The power of the presence of God is not limited to us coming into a building because the building is not the church. The building is here to house the church. We are the church of the living God. Thank God. Amen? Hallelujah. You see, whether you're a saint today or a a new to faith, there's something special in this service this morning, something special or something powerful. There's something life-changing about the presence of God. There really is. And that's why we are here today. This is why I'm preaching what I'm preaching. You see, in the New Testament, uh, we read some beautiful things. I want to focus on this today. Acts chapter seventeen verse twenty four to twenty six, and God that has made the world and all things therein, seeing that He is Lord of heaven and earth, He dwelleth not in temples made with hands. And we're raising all this money trying to buy a new building, and we're we're on the Gold Coast looking around at real estate agents. And I read this scripture: God doesn't dwell in temples made with hands. It's good to have a building. Huh? We, we thank God, right? I mean it helps the purpose but we recognize the move of god doesn't operate through the bricks and mortar the the move of god operates through the hungry souls that come into the building the move of the holy ghost moves because we are here as open vessels with maybe not alabaster box of ointment as she had but we have a spirit of worship that says you know what I don't know what's going to happen this morning. I don't really know all that the preacher's talking about, Uh, but I'm going to come and break myself in the presence of Almighty God and say, God, uh, here I am, uh, an empty vessel, emptying myself so that you can fill me this morning. You see, God doesn't dwell in temples made with hands, neither is worshiped with men's hands, as though he needs anything, seeing that he gives to all life and breath and all things and hath made of one blood of all nations of men. For to dwell on the face of the earth and have determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitations. Listen to this next verse 27. That they should seek the Lord. Listen. They should seek the Lord. If haply they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. This world is empty. The final stages of mankind's history are coming down. The Bible says Jesus is coming back for his church. The world has never been this dark. And the world is crying out, give me an answer to the mayhem and the mess that we're witnessing around us. There's got to be a God. We've got people coming here now, over in the Gold Coast because they're sick of the state of this world. And they recognize there's got to be a God. We're looking for this God. Where is he? I'm here to tell you, friend, he's not far from you. He's not far from you. you. don't need to make a journey over to Jerusalem to find God. You don't need to go over to Mecca and walk around in circles. You don't need to go visit some Buddhist temple. Friend, you need to call upon the name of the Lord. Jesus, I, I need you right now. Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. As David was delighted uh, to, uh, to, for the presence of God, God wants to presence himself more than David wanted God's presence. You see, this morning, as much as we've come to church with all different needs and expectations, and again, you might just be here because someone forced you to church this morning. That's all right. God works in that too. I've heard many testimonies of people that have come to our churches and their first thought is, if I get out of that Pentecostal church alive, I'm never coming back again. They're crazy, they're loud, and they're wild. You know, You thought it this morning. And some of you have been here for a few years too. But let me tell you, the more you come back, the more you recognize, friend, this is not hype. We're not trying to psych you up. We don't need your money. We don't want your money. We're not trying to give you some cheap gimmick. We just want you to have more of Jesus today. We want you to allow him to come into your life, to fill you with his spirit, to have your sins washed away. Our goal is to see you experiencing what we're experiencing today. The joy of the Lord, Paul says, is our strength. And we want you to experience that today. I'm coming to a close soon. Jesus paid a price again. Next week is Easter. We'll hear all the religious coming out of the woodworks, having their special services from morning to midnight. And then back to the four or five that come for the next couple of months until we get to Christmas. But the truth is, our God and Savior paid a price. Not for us to come to a church service, but for us to come into His presence. (laughs) The Bible says that when when, when He died on the cross and He cried out, It is finished. That in the temple, the veil was ripped from top to bottom. That place called the Holy of Holies now signified, Hey, are you hungry? Come. Come boldly into the throne room of God's grace. Who? You and I, those that are hungry and desperate today. You see, like a lost child that's looking for a mother or father, wanting to be found by their parents. Jesus came today. You see, the lost child was looking, but the parent found the child. Many are looking for hope in a God that they don't know. But the good news is, God's been looking for you. He's got your name, He's got your number, and He's got your address. He's even seen your Facebook page. (laughs) Amen. And although you've been seeking, I'm here to tell you, you're here this morning. I'm going to go straight to the point. You're here today by divine appointment. Whatever that list of excuses was, Jesus knew that you were going to be here this morning. And Jesus knew that you need to hear about His presence and, and not just hear about His presence, but He wants to put His Spirit, His presence into you by virtue of His Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit of God. Let's stand this morning. I want to read this psalm. It's a psalm of praise. It says these words in Psalms 100. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that has made us and not we ourselves. We are His people And the sheep of his pasture, verse 4, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. Everybody say, the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endures to all generations. God's goodness, God's mercy, God's truth is in this place right now. Hallelujah, and this night, this morning, uh, a network come, hun. She's gonna sing a song, and please, as they're singing, don't sit in your seat watching them sing. Get out of your seat today, because this is an invitation for you and I to come into the presence of God. Now, I know, I know, there are some of you that haven't been.